Where the travel agents coming to you with tips, tricks, interviews, and voyages by cruise. The travel agents bringing you the latest travel news. I'm Will. I'm Brian. We're your hosts for the Travel Agents Podcast. Today, this is pretty exciting because we are going to review Northern Ireland. Ireland, as you may or may not know, is actually kind of split up into two countries. There's a lot of politics there. It gets really weird and berserk, but we're going to try to break it down for you. We're here with Will and his wife, Kristen, our first female guest, which is really exciting because they went to Northern Ireland and they had a great time. And they're going to tell you all about it. We're going to talk about things like the Titanic Museum, Giant's Causeway, where to get the best black pudding, as well as uh, the rain, which seems to be evident. They always say that it wouldn't be a true day in Ireland if it didn't rain. I don't know what that is. I guess it's, they say it's part of the charm or they, something. Yeah, that's what they say. That's yeah, that's just... It, Seems to be let's uh, to get tourists to come, but um, we're going to fly into Belfast International Airport. We're going to talk about where to stay, renting cars, and uh, also why on earth would you go to Northern Ireland instead of places like Dublin and the Cliffs of Moher and Killarney and the Waterford Glass Factory, right? Because uh, Northern Ireland is actually a part of the United Kingdom, makes up one of the four countries of the UK. And they use a different currency, but they still drive on the left side of the road. Uh, oh, they use the same currency as the UK, I should say, uh, but a different currency than the rest of Ireland. So we're going to talk about all that. And I'm eager to kick it off with our defining words, which is a segment we use to start bird's eye view of the country we visited. So Will and Kristen, I leave it off with you for the defining words. Here's three words to help you. Here's our defining words. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, so Northern Ireland, hey, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things going on with Northern Ireland, but the, uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was actually the history of, of this country. Like Brian mentioned, this country is actually a part of the United Kingdom. It's not a part of the Republic of Ireland. It's a separated country from the Republic of Ireland. And being a part of the United Kingdom... They had a lot of problems, and in some instances, they still do have a little problem with uh, England. It's not as prevalent as it was, but there was this defining era called the Troubles, and this is our first defining word, the Troubles. And this was an era that uh, took place from the 1960s to the late 1990s. And there's a lot of a lot of things going on in this period, but to sum it down, it really boils down to the nationalist side of the IRA, the Irish Republican Army and the Unionists who were loyal to England and the Crown, really having problems with Northern Ireland being a part of the United Kingdom and not being a part of Ireland proper. And during this time period, there's a lot of violence, a lot of bombings, kidnappings, and just a lot of problems going on in the, the country as a whole. And it's separated into, or it boiled down into uh, Europe, mainland Europe, went into England, went into the Republic of Ireland. It bled through all these countries, but it was really focused in uh, Northern Ireland. And we actually spent most of our time in the town of Londonderry, 
which is more commonly known as dairy by the locals. And you'll, you'll get corrected. Yeah. You'll get, we, I got that taxi driver was not, I said London dairy thinking I was being really proper and, um, I'll never, I'll never do that again. Yeah. Shot down real quick. Real quick. Yeah. What, uh, there's a really interesting area in dairy called the bog side and there's all these really cool murals and we're going to talk about those murals, but to kind of make it a little bit more real with the, with the troubles, there is a, a massacre that occurred in 1972 where 13 people were killed by British uh, forces. And uh, I, when you go to Derry, when you go to Northern Ireland, you see all these uh, relics of this era. And it's really yeah. interesting. It's, it's really pronounced. And it's really, really fascinating. Yeah, you uh, can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, there's monuments and statues and memorials set up all over. And it makes you really feel feel it. Yeah. So you get really, you know, emotionally involved, even if you're not super familiar, you know, which we were not no. beforehand, even going into it. It was news to me that Northern Ireland and Ireland were different countries. Yeah. So wait, it's two, it's one country. No, no, Kristen, it's two countries. So you get really, really invested really quickly because you can tell it's so, um, it still uh, means a lot to the people and the locals that are there. So all this bloodshed and craziness that happened like 30 or 40 plus years ago, should we be worried about being safe to go to Northern Ireland? That's a really good question. Uh, as of right now in 2021, there's really no problems with uh, the IRA. They've been defunct, disbanded. Uh, they no longer, as a whole, there's no problems going on uh, between England and Northern Ireland. There's there's no bombings. There's no kidnappings. There's nothing like that. As a tourist, you are safe in Northern Ireland. I know that when I went to the Republic of Ireland, our tour guide said, hey, when you go out late to a bar and you're drinking Guinness with the locals, they're game to talk about anything. Some of the nicest people in the world, but just don't bring up Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things like, it's, it'll probably be fine, but why risk it? Yeah. You don't sure. know who you're talking to. So I'm guessing since we're talking about Northern Ireland today, they'd probably say the same thing. Hey, if you go out late late to a pub sometime, there's a million things to talk about. Don't bring up this. Yeah. No, I was thinking that it was more, I was thinking it felt fresh, really. Yeah, yeah. Because of how, like, I mean, like, it wasn't super long ago. No. Um. But, I mean, we talked to a woman in a store, and she said that they called in, people call in bomb threats. Yeah. And it's, she said it's, she rolls her eyes whenever it happens, because. That's just like another, just day. another day. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's kind of like, uh, if you go to New York, and you talk to a New Yorker, and they're reminiscing about 9-11, even right. though 9-11 happened 20 years ago, it's right. still so fresh in these people's minds. It's the same thing with with the situation in Northern Ireland. But I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not all, it's, it's not even uh, like a, a bad thing right now. When you go to Northern Ireland, it, it, it makes it unique. It gives it more of a cultural perspective for the country as a whole. It's a really fascinating. I don't really see anything like that in any other countries, maybe like Israel, Palestine, but um, it, it's, it makes it unique to Northern Ireland. And I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Speaking on it as people who've just visited. You know, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many other words to define with Ireland. Right, Kristen, did you have one? Green. Yeah. Yeah. Green would definitely be, I mean, I would say that would be the very first word that anyone, when you step out of the airport. And yeah. You step out of the airport and, yeah. and get in the car and you get just hit with green, green hills, rolling hills, so yeah. many sheep and all this stuff. But the country's just green, 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 green. Yeah. 
Beautiful. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous country. There is one more word uh, that I think defines Northern Ireland and that's crack, C-R-A-I-C. And it's actually, uh, I guess, slang. They use this word uh, sort of saying to say like, what's up? What's going on? What's happening? I feel like if you try and say it, it's going to sound like like when a 60-year-old <laughs> tries to say cool. <laughs> like say, oh, excuse me, what is the crack? What's, what's the crack? But yeah. you talk to, you know, you usually hear it from um, people who are cool in Ireland, in yeah. Northern Ireland. They'll say, oh, what's the crack? What's the crack? Like, what's going on tonight? Yeah, or, they say it in their um, cool Irish accent. On? Yeah, they sound really cool. And whenever we try to replicate it, it, it sounds, I think we ruin it, you know? Yeah. What is the crack? What What's the crack, please? Yeah, but if you hear someone ask you, hey, what's the crack? Uh, they're asking, hey, what's going on? What's happening? What, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You don't have to worry about, like, they don't think that you're selling drugs or wanting to, to buy drugs. It's not referring to the crack that we know and love as Americans. <laughs> Just kidding. This is a family-friendly. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, but I think that wraps up the defining words segment. Let's just roll into highs and lows. Sometimes things are good. Sometimes they're bad too. It's highs, lows, highs, lows coming to you. So like most locations, there are so many highs to the trip. But for me personally, my high point with Northern Ireland was our trip to Rathlin Island. Oh, yeah. So cool. Uh, Rathlin Island is actually a, just a little island off the coast, off the northern coast of Northern Ireland. That's where we saw the puffins, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So cool. What month did you go? May. Yeah. Yeah. Which is May. one of the most popular months to go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that. April and May are the two most popular months to go to Northern Ireland. But Rathlin Island, uh, you can actually see Northern Ireland from the island, and you can also see Scotland from the island. And again, if you're a history buff and you are a fan of the movie Braveheart and you know who Robert the Bruce is, Ooh. he stayed in uh, Rathlin Island. He, sh- he sought shelter there uh, from from the monarchy. But what's so cool about Rathlin Island is uh, it's a home to like 150 people, small villages there, but it's about seven or eight miles wide. You land from the ferry and you can either take a bus or you can hike to the other end of the island and see a massive uh, puffin colony. Probably tens of thousands of puffins, I would say. I don't know how to quantify puffins, really. Uh, (laughs) You could have said any number. Yeah, can't even... uh, Dozens and dozens. Dozens and dozens. And a puffin is a bird which has a colored bill. Bill Bill, beak, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, because there's that joke where that duck says, put it on my bill. Ah, okay. Okay. But it's got a beak (laughs) that's orange and gray. Their nose. Yeah. They're like kind of tiny. They're like a rounded head. Yeah. 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 They're not very big, but they're. They're mean. So cute. Yeah. They are mean. They are so cute. They don't look like they would be mean though. No, people say the same thing about me. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. So mean. You can be so mean because they're so cute. You say Braveheart was filmed up here in Northern Ireland? Uh, no. Arthur? So like, um, there's the a historical figure oh, named God. Robert the Bruce. Okay. And he was a part of the Scottish Rebellion to the monarchy. And he actually sought asylum or kind of holed up at uh, in Rathlin Island. Got it. My bad. So kind of like okay. a cool little little tidbit of history there going on with the island. But for me, what's so cool about it is that we, we hiked it. We didn't take the bus to the Puffins. Yeah. And it made for like a really cool uh, like day hike, day trip. 
it took us maybe like three hours to get to one end. And then we saw the puffins and the puffins are so cool. I mean, they're in this huge colony. They take up this entire uh, cliff area. You have like telescopes there. You don't have to pay extra. You can just glance at these telescopes, see the puffins. You can see them from afar. It's so cool. And it's but, worth it just, even if you just do the walk. Yeah, just the know, walk alone. there were no puffins at the end of it, it's beautiful. So cool. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a really great, great little hike. Uh, it's all paved, so it's not super strenuous. There's moments where there's like a high incline, but all in all, I wouldn't say it was a strenuous hike at all. And you took the ferry from, I'm guessing, Bali Castle? Yeah, so to get there, you if you're in Derry or if you're in Belfast... You're going to take a, a a train to Bali Castle, and then from Bali Castle, you'll take a ferry. And the ferry is about $15, and it takes around 45 minutes yeah. to get to uh, Rathlin Island. There is like a private boat that you can take for more money, and it takes like 15 minutes to get to Rathlin Island, but I mean, it's not worth the, the price. Yeah, well, I want to hop in here for a second. Something I notice about Ireland and the UK, specifically Scotland and Ireland, is ferries are such a big thing. Yeah. yeah. You just have to get used to it. There's ferries that are going to take you everywhere. But really do your research and know what days of the week do they leave and what are the timetables they leave. Absolutely. I prefer a website yeah. called directferries.com because it just shows you all the ferry schedules as opposed okay. to just the ferries for a certain region or something like that. So just a yeah. little tip, directferries.com. We'll put that in the travel guide. Mm-hmm. It's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for me, one of the highs, Rathlin Islands. Kristen, do you have a different high? Yeah, Giant's Causeway. Oh, okay. What do you I like know, about I'm Giant's sure Causeway? That's like the number one of a lot of people that go. If you look yeah. up Northern Ireland, I'm sure that's one of the first things to pop up. But I mean, it just looks it looks beautiful. It's very um, it's like these octagonal, is that how you, yeah, octagonal oct- yeah. stone structures that have been formed from um, the way that the water hits the side of the cliffs. Yeah. So. A little background, um, Giant's Causeway right. is uh, a bunch of basalt columns. They're made out of basalt rock. And basalt, basalt rock is formed when water hits lava, volcanic activity. So uh, what's really cool is that they form these rocks and then the water shapes them even more and they become octagonal. And uh, yeah, it, that's what Giant's Causeway is. It's a yeah. UNESCO World Heritage Site. Super pretty. Uh, there's not many places in the world that are like it at all. I'm so glad that you actually did the research and looked up the science of it because that was the extent of my knowledge on the topic. Hey, no, that's okay. I, I could tell basalt was on the tip of your tongue, though. Basalt, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the pepper. Next. <laughs> the pepper. It helps that we just did the Iceland podcast. Basalt, that's for sure. Pepper. Um, do you? Okay. The, my question I have for Giants Causeway. Sure. So much beauty. Yeah. So worth it. So mm. worth it. How many hours do you need there? Realistically. I mean, you can stop by Giant's Causeway, see it in 30 minutes, but I feel like you would be doing yourself a disservice. Okay. There's a really cool, I wouldn't even say a trail. There are wooden steps behind behind uh, Giant's Causeway that you can take up to the top of the cliffs. And you can see Giant's Causeway from up high, and you can see the ocean from the cliffs and stuff. But it just gives it a whole different uh, perspective. Yeah. But I think you would be really missing out if you didn't take the time to hike the cliffs get to the top of the cliff and then work your way back down to uh, the visitor center or 
get back to your bus, get back to your car. However, you know, you arrive to Giants Causeway. Right. I would say as someone who's not a travel agent, just whatever, it just base it off however much time you have there. Yeah. The more time that you spend there, the the better. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just so gorgeous that you could just sit there and just enjoy the view. Absolutely, but as far yeah. as like, I mean, yeah, you could do like a 30 minute, like, oh, yep, a few because you just take pictures and um, you see the actual. I mean, it's it's cool if you can even go for 10, 15 minutes. It's it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's worth noting that uh, if you want to see the visitor center, I believe it's like twelve dollars. You can go in and they have like more history of how the Giants, how Giants Causeway was formed, a little history on the uh, geology of the rocks and all that good stuff. And that price also includes the price for parking in the parking lot. But if you are taking a bus or if you're taking a car there, you do not need to pay for parking. There's a parking lot nearby. No matter what, you are going to need to hike itself to Giants Causeway. It's like maybe 10 minutes. And Giants Causeway is about one hour and 15 minutes drive from Belfast. And so it looks, sounds like it's a, it'd be a great day trip. Yeah, absolutely. Belfast. And we're going to talk about like uh, how we saw Giants Causeway. We had a whole day on, um, on the Antrim coast is what it's called. And we'll talk about that more in detail. Nice. Um, but I do want to get into some of the low points of our trip. Please. And for me, uh, something that the U.S. doesn't have are these bank holidays that the United Kingdom has. And they have maybe like eight a year, I want to say. But what, what happens with these bank holidays is a lot of stores shut down. Uh, a lot of places in general just shut down. And they reduce the amount of uh, trains that are active they're not going as frequent and right. the same thing with buses. So for us, we, uh, we had this day in, uh, in the Antrim coast and then we got back to the city of Coleraine, which we needed to get onto our train to get back to Derry, but right. the trains weren't going as frequently. So we had to wait like an extra two, two and a half hours or something like that. And we couldn't do anything in the city of Coleraine because everything was closed. And then when we got back to Derry, everything was still closed. Like we, we had trouble like finding something to eat. We had to, we, we settled, we were able to get pizza and stuff, but yeah, I, I guess I, what I really want to hammer home is that if you go during a bank holiday, just be prepared that things are going to be closed. Exactly. When clients sit down with me to talk about trip planning, the first thing we inevitably talk about is the dates because we have to get the dates right. right. What I like to do when we're talking about the dates and the client has their calendar pulled up, I go to officeholidays.com. I'll say it again officeholidays.com and it gives you things like bank holidays or religious holidays, just r things you really wouldn't realize from all around the world. And you can wow. type in specifically the country they're going to. And like one just quick little pro tip I've learned since May is a big travel month, that May 1st is International Labor Day. It's like wow. the U.S.'s version of, mm. of Labor Day, except in the U.S., that. I think it changes, Labor Day changes every year what date it is. Right. In yeah. Europe, it's always May 1st. And so I've learned like sometimes you can't avoid it based on when your clients can travel. Yeah. And so I just always try to make May 1st like a day, a travel day in country. Like, okay, you're going to be traveling from Milan to Rome. Let's have that on May 1st. <laughs> that way, like you're not seeing sights and things anything. like you're not missing yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's Sorry. awesome. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Uh, Kristen, you had a, you had a low point for the trip, didn't you? I did. And this is, part of it was my own fault, but overall, I mean, weather, 
Our yeah. brain would probably be a, the a better way of saying so. So what kind of weather did you experience? Like, oh, it was super wet. Super this wet. Is, and yeah, it's really cold to, there yeah. too. Right. Well, it, but honestly, if I had to say prep for one kind of adverse weather, it'd be prep for rain, rain. prep for wet, because yeah. it doesn't matter how warm it would even be. Like once you're wet, you were chilled to the bone. So cold. And I mean, I think I experienced this more because, you know, I went before you went. Yeah, you've gone we twice. Yeah. And so we kind of lucked out when we had weather, but uh, we had good, nice, sunny weather. But mm-hmm. there's a reason that one of the top words is green and it's because of all the rain. Yeah. Um. So the downside of that is that um, you have to prepare for that. Yeah. And, if you're going yeah. like on a day trip to like, like Giants Causeway, pack bag of clothes to yeah. change into, and, I mean, bring those, your raincoat. And what's the, you know, the... The ponchos, it's, they're not cute. They don't look great in Instagram pictures. But your Instagram <laughs> pictures are going to look just so whack when you're looking like a wet dog. So <laughs> it's worth the poncho. Just get a cute poncho. Yeah. Yeah, like shop in advance for a cute poncho you yeah. like as opposed to get hit with a tourist trap poncho purchase on site that's grossly oh over cost. You, you said it, you know. Overpriced. Cute, cute poncho, number one travel tip. That's a pro tip have. right yeah, there. Pro tip. Pro tip, absolutely. Yeah, cute ponchos. So that's I would say that that's probably my my low. That's but a good low. That's a lesson learned. Yeah, so part of it was my bad. Hey, I, I wish someone had told me to get a cute poncho. I mean, oh. you prepared us for the for the second time you went, and our, the You're whole welcome. family went, and I still felt unprepared. Like <laughs> we had that one day in Derry, and it was raining, and we just got off the plane. We went to a Gaelic football match. We're going to talk about that later. And it was raining the entire time and yep. it was so miserable. Like we were just so cold. I had Under Armour on, I wow. had a raincoat on, I had, I thought I was really prepared Yeah, and no, I, I was know. not. So but what about the wind? We, in our Iceland episode, we talked about the wind, yeah. which yeah. none of us yeah. were prepared for. Yeah, that's a great point. I don't remember there being any harsh winds like there was in Iceland. It was just a, like just a downpour and right. it, the temperature was probably like 38 to like 45 Right. During the time. So it's just cold, nearly Fahrenheit. freezing. Yeah, Fahrenheit. Yeah. Good point. Just, you know, for the international listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> boiling lava. <laughs> Not to be confused with Kelvin. <laughs> but I think that's all we have for highs and lows. And we can now get into our tips. Tips from the travel agents. So we already talked about being aware of like bank holidays, any potential other holidays that might prevent you from being able to really experience Northern Ireland. But there are a lot of activities to do in the country. And we we talked about how we stayed in Derry, the town of London, Derry. Uh, oh, wow. You just went out and said it. I just went out and said it. Hey, the people got to know. If you're looking for it on a map, it's going to be called London, Derry, but it's really known as Derry. And there's a lot of really cool things in Derry. A lot of rich history that kind of go back to the troubles. But one of the coolest experiences that we had in the city was seeing a Gaelic football match because I had never even heard of this sport before. And I thought it was just going to be soccer. Like someone told me, hey, we're going to go to a football match. I was like, oh, cool. We're going to go see soccer. But it wasn't. It was Gaelic football. And what's so different about this is it's kind of a hodgepodge of soccer, football, and rugby, North American football, rugby, and soccer. And it was just really, really unique because it's really, it's unique to Ireland and Derry has its own like Gaelic football league and the town of Derry had a stadium of something like 12,000 seats. So there's this stadium, it was fully crowded. 
everyone's so excited about this Gaelic football match. So like day one, we get to dairy and we're like engrossed in this, this dairy culture of seeing this Gaelic football match. And I thought that was just a really cool experience, something totally unique to, uh, to anything that we did along the trip. So was it like rugby? Yeah, it, it was, it was a contact sport. People were hitting hard, uh, and you needed to score. If I remember correctly with your feet. So that's kind of where like the separation kind of ends. That's kind of where the soccer aspect comes into play. They have positions just like you do in soccer. Uh, they have center backs, midfielders, forwards, stuff like I, that. I have always wanted to see a live game yeah. of any sport in mm-hmm. Europe or the UK. It was really cool. I mean, even yeah. when the weather was, it was, I mean, it was miserable. It was rainy and everything, but people were so happy, so ecstatic, and so just so excited to watch this probably pretty sport. passionate about their team as well yeah, yeah. And that's what i was gonna say i really that's what i thought was fun about it as someone who doesn't particularly get into the actual sports watching i yeah. was spectator watching it was really fun to see the you felt like a local you got really excited yeah just because the people around you were so like animated so excited and you had the the really the old guys that's that was I like the old guys with the hats. What are yeah. those hats called? When you think like of a just Irish golfer, like oh you know, oh 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 yes, um, kind of looks like a train conductor hat. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> I, actually, yeah, the old Irish train conductor hat. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> but I don't know. Just like there were that old, many train conductors at the game. Actually, well, the guy, he's just the got off shift. And babe, uh, whatever. The movie okay. Babe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, it was cool. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like we kind of said, Derry has so many things associated with history and it's a really walkable city. And if you're, if you're in the city, I, I recommend doing that. Go around, walk the city, um, go to locations like Guildhall in St. Columns Cathedral. These are buildings that were built like hundreds of years ago and the architect- architecture is really cool. Some fascinating history there. If you're interested in history or architecture as a whole, Cool places to see. They have like the Peace Bridge. I remember walking the Peace Bridge along the River Foyth. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of a testament to where Northern Ireland is in association with the Troubles. They're at peace right now, and this Peace Bridge is a symbol of that. Yeah, and that in itself is just cool to see. Right, you're absolutely right. Um, but also, it seems like Brian found the hat. Brian, right? The hat called. Uh, well, it, that's the thing. I'm not. Like the authentic Irish wool flat cap or the golf flat cap. No, okay. No, that's, sorry. I know that the peace bridge, very important, but also, um, also the hat. Yeah. Also the hat. Sorry. That was just really important. And it's called the peace bridge. We kept calling it the freedom. We kept mixing up the Oh yeah. The freedom bridge. Yeah. We kept kept calling it that. Calling it like a different, like cool, like inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, Something kind of similar. The peace bridge. Yeah. What's, uh, what's cool is that the peace bridge actually bridges two different communities. The one community is a historically nationalist community and the other community is a historically unionist, uh, yeah, unionist community. So it's kind of a, again, a symbol to the peace that is uh, happening between these two communities that were at one time at war, so to speak. Besides the Titanic Museum and when you're in a car slash train or bus, are you just outside the entire time you're in Northern Ireland? Like, you really need to go when the weather's good, it just seems like. 
Yeah, uh, it is. It is an outdoor country. To really get the most out of it, I would say it's an outdoor country. Well, we did spend a lot of time in Belfast and Derry. Those yeah. were the two cities that we would hang out in. And I mean, I guess cities. There were shops Derry. and museums. Shops and, and yeah, all yeah. kinds of things. Churches to walk in. Markets. And, yeah, and we'll talk like we'll talk more in detail about Belfast. But I know with like with Derry, there are. A, a little bit more activities to do inside. Like they have this area called the craft village, which you probably can guess by the name of it, what it is. It's a shopping center with these local artists uh, and you can buy their arts and crafts and that's all indoors, but it's an outdoor shopping men- uh, right. shop, shopping mall. And it's really cool. Cause like even just going and talking to the locals is an interesting experience on its own. So if you're looking for souvenirs or something to remember your trip by, I recommend going to the craft village pick up a cool souvenir and talk to really talk to the locals there. Cause they're really fascinating. Yeah. But overall I would say, yeah, the, if the weather's better then you can enjoy more outside. Yeah. And they have great cafes, great bakeries. And I mean, you get a really cool pub experience cause you're in the United Kingdom. If you go to Northern Ireland, you're yeah. going to the pub and it's so cool. You're in the soccer. Like I am, you get to watch soccer with like locals, which is something I never get the experience here in America. Yeah. And you get to drink beer and, I mean, I don't know. It's no. like, it's really fun. Was Guinness big up there or is it yeah, just big? And for sure. Okay. It's good. really big there. Yeah. It's like uh, Guinness and Carlsberg yeah. were the two beers that were really popular in Ireland. And if you're like me, I'm not a huge beer drinker, but want to get the experience, you get it with, and this, I guess, applies to Ireland too, but current, black current. Yeah, black currant. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Black current. This is what they add to the beer? Yes, they add it and it's, it's, Marketed towards females, but yeah, yeah I, it's I really that, sweet. I fit that bill. It tasted yeah. good. Yeah. 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 So. It didn't taste like beer as much. Perfect. That's what I look for in a beer. <laughs> <laughs> there we, are two. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Did we, did we skip over food? Are we going to come back to it? We're going to circle back good. to Let's it. Circle yeah, back. We're going to circle All back. Right, go to on. It. Keep going, Will. You're doing great. There's two things that really make dairy unique. Uh, the one is this area called the Walls of Dairy, London Dairy. Dairy is actually a walled city. So there's inner dairy and outer dairy, and inner dairy is protected by these walls. They've, these walls were built in the 1600s and they were never breached, apparently. And uh, it's a really cool, again, history. Uh, if walking the walls of dairy, seeing all these old cannons that were used to protect the wall, and then overlooking the walls, you see this area called the bog side. And the bog side is outside of the inner city of Derry. But what happened with the bog side, I mentioned this earlier before, was there was this massacre where British soldiers killed 13 people. And this area is a traditional nationalist community. So a lot of IRA sympathy is coming from this community, or at least historically there was. And there's all these really beautiful murals in this area called the bog side. And that if you're interested in uh, street art, or art in general, I, I highly recommend just taking a walk into the bog side. You might even meet the artists like we did. They were really kind. Yeah, it was super cool. He signed, we got like, he had all these books with yeah. his own books with them and he signed them and we feel super hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of cool murals dedicated uh, to some of the, the history that happened uh, along uh, the way of the troubles and stuff. Uh, and if you 
if you want, you can pay for a guided tour along the bog side and they'll go into detail about what happened and Would recommend. all that stuff. Yeah, I recommend going to the bog side for sure. Because it can get confusing, but it clears it up when you have so- someone who's local who explains everything to yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Better, better than we are. Yeah, yeah, Just absolutely. But I recommend checking it out. Super cool. Derry is a very, very cool city. I really, really like Derry. Did you feel you needed a guide for Northern Ireland? Ooh, or, or could you argue that, because based on what I hear you saying, it sounds like it could be advantageous to have a local who knows about Ireland. So maybe doing like a a little city walking tour, even if it was a group tour, just to kind of get your bearings of the history that you're experiencing. Sure. But you don't need a whole private, you don't need a private guide for the entire Not duration. for the whole trip, no. I would say you would probably need a guide for the Antrim Coast, uh, that's where Giant's Causeway is. And we had a day in the Antrim Coast because like, if you do a guide with the Antrim Coast, they will more than likely either provide you with a bus, a shuttle service of some sort, or even a private car. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about that is that you don't have to worry about jumping from two, three different kinds of transport, whether it be train, uh, private car, taxi, bus, you name it. But if you go with a tour guide, that's all taken care of and you still get to go to the high... Uh, popular uh, sites like Bushmills Distillery, Dunless Castle, Carcarreed uh, Bridge, and Giant's Causeway. Those are like the big main four items that are along the coast that are really, really popular. So when you say Antrim Coast, yeah, I was on this trip and I don't know what you're talking about. What? Are so you just those things? So Antrim is actually uh, the county that all of these things are located in okay. and they call it the, uh, the Antrim Coast because all of these locations are along the coast within the county of Antrim. Is that like north, south, east? Yeah, it's north, west. north, the most northern part of uh, Northern Ireland. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I would say you need a guide. I mean, you don't need a guide, but it's recommended that you use a guide for this day. Uh, just because there is so much traveling going on, you're going to so many different locations, and there's a lot of history at all these locations. The it does. It connects the dots. It makes it a little bit easier for you to get to each location because for us, we didn't have a guide. We took the the train from Derry to a, a town called Coleraine. And from there, we got on a bus and that took us to, I think our first stop was Dunless Castle. And then Dunless Castle is really cool. It's this uh, old, like destroyed castle. Game of Thrones was filmed there. There's some shooting locations there. And you get to see this old castle. That's really cool. Then the next trip is like Giant's Causeway. Uh, so you don't have to worry about transportation with that. And then from there, you can go to a area called Carrickareed Bridge. Carrickareed Rope Bridge, which was really cool. Must do. Yeah, absolutely must do. That's probably out of all of these things, even more so than Giant's Causeway. Carrickareed Bridge is probably like the one tour- tourist trap. Uh, of the location i might have to fight you on that one really because i mean if you you have to wait to get onto the bridge to client to go through the rope bridge yeah and so there's kind of there you might have a wait is yeah. what i'm saying oh, okay so what the character read rope bridge is it is worth it um historically it's just this location where fishermen would build these bridges to get to the other side of this rock to do salmon fishing but now it's become this really cool tourist spot and there's this uh, well-designed bridge that you get to cross on. It's like 150 feet up in the air, and you get to see like the ocean below you. 
see the guide for a really cute picture of us on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's a cool picture of us on the on the bridge in the guide. And uh, I thought what's cool about this is that uh, you're in this little area that's uh, kind of open. Like there's there's no trees or anything like that. You just get this really cool view of the ocean and all the greenery of Northern Ireland. And I don't know. It was, it was cool. It was a little cool little hike and stuff. But the last part of the Antrim coast is uh, Old Bush, Bushmills Distillery. It's like the oldest distillery in the world, I guess. It was... Uh, they got their license from King James, King James of the Bible, King James, King James version, I guess, of the Bible. Get you a man who can do both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the old Bushmills distillery is cool if you're really into Irish whiskey. And if you do a, a tour uh, to the Antrim coast, you'll probably, mm-hmm. it'll probably be roped in in the package. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's, there's some cool stuff. On the Antrim coast. No, distilleries are big in the UK. Scotland, I have clients who go to Scotland just to tour distilleries. Yeah. This is cool to see that even in here in Northern Ireland, there are distilleries as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then you have the big, the capital city, Belfast. Belfast is really cool. I think uh, you can take a train or a bus from Belfast to Derry and it's like 45 minutes. 45 minutes by train and then like maybe an hour by bus. So they're really close and there's a lot to do in Belfast. It's also a really walkable city. Again, a lot of history going on with the Troubles and stuff. So you can see that a lot of murals and stuff dedicated to that era. But one of the most popular things to do in Belfast is the Titanic Museum. We talked about that a lot. Yeah. And hey, there are people who are diehard Titanic fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, you mean of the movie? <laughs> I'm really hoping, Sorry. like... Wow! <laughs> oh, like uh, yeah. memorabilia goes for high prices on eBay. Oh, okay. People study like uh, all the names of the, not the names, the actual people who were on the Titanic. Mm. Sure. And that sounds a lot better when you say it when you uh, yeah. describe it. Yeah, what? huge fan of the Titanic. I went to it. I went to a <laughs> Titanic. Sinking? I went to a Titanic museum. I think it was in DC and at the beginning you get a card and it's a passenger's name and you get to be that passenger. And at the oh. end of the tour you find out if you lived or not. Wow. And as I'm verbally processing this now, that's a pretty creepy concept for yeah. a Titanic museum. But that <laughs> yeah. happened and my character right. lived. Yeah. Wow. I just think and of I that got, episode I was from like Rick and Morty. Years old. <laughs> is that prophetic? Oh, do tell. There's yes. this episode in Rick and Morty where uh what is like the dad does like the the Titanic Museum. Okay. There's like a whole bit. Yeah, because like I wouldn't think of like why why would you do a Titanic Museum? But in Belfast, that's where the Titanic was constructed. My so, un- my uncle's a rocket scientist. He loved it. Really, an engineer? Yeah, dude, you're an engineer. You might love it. I mean, I I mean, I went. Oh, and it was, I mean, it was cool. I thought you didn't yeah. like it. No, you I did. mean, we 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 did it. It's like uh, it's 21 went. euros person. It's not you know, it's not yeah. expensive. A couple hours. Yeah, I think it was like a two and a half hour little thing. We I, also aren't diehard Titanic fans. We just, I mean, good movie. You're yeah. diehard, diehard yeah. fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a big <laughs> part of fans. Belfast's <laughs> culture. That's for all sure. Right, all yeah. right. So That's cool. Uh, it's it's cool. It, there's a lot of museums in the area. I mean, if you want to go to a museum, but you don't want to pay money for the museum, you can go to Ulster Museum. That's completely free. And they also have a really cool botanical garden there. What's, what's in the Ulster Museum? 
Uh, they have like an exhibit dedicated to the Troubles, oh, and cool. they have um, the history. Yeah, kind of learn about the history of this. Anyway. Yeah, so they have some artifacts for from that. Um, they have some stuff from like uh, Egyptian archaeology. Yeah, I mean, just general fun museum. Things. Yeah, just general fun museum Art. things. Yeah, it's um, history. Yeah, the big university in Northern Ireland is the University of Ulster, and it's uh, I guess curated by that university. I think that's the yeah. correct word. Um, yeah. So cool, cool museums wanna, in Belfast, a lot of walkable things to do in Belfast. I want to throw out my, the hotel I generally use for clients in Belfast is called the Europa hotel. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a nice four star hotel. It's in walking distance to the train station, the Titanic museum. It's I didn't like check right the outside. museum. Yeah, right and outside the bus stop really, train station. Yeah, really reasonably priced, so it just works out yeah. well. It was also bombed during the Troubles. Yeah, it was bombed. It was yeah, one of the big things. Known. Yeah, that's yeah. A big. Really cool. Figure. Bill Clinton the, stayed there, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. There's also uh, a really popular mall that's kind of like in the center of the city. And yeah. in the mall, there's uh, like a sky tower, I want to say. Okay. Um, and it gives you a nice panoramic view of the city. Which is really cool. And that's completely free. You don't free. have to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of similar to like the Guinness storehouse in Dublin yeah. when the big tower in Guinness. The other hotel recommendation you could be safe with in Ireland is going to be the juries in. So there's a juries in Belfast. There's a couple juries in, in Dublin. There's a juries in Galway. I want to say there's some more juries than in Southern Ireland as well. It's just going to be your nice three to four star, moderately priced hotel that you can count on. It's going to have a nice restaurant inside and just be, it's just going to be nice. I, I mean, for us, like we didn't stay in any hotels. We just stayed in Airbnb and Dairy and then just kind of went to all of these locations, whether it be by a train or by bus. Everything's really easy to get to. That's the beauty of, of public transportation here. I'm terrified to rent a car and drive on the left-hand side of the road. Sure. And I'm nervous about the parking tickets and driving in an unauthorized zone. I have stories of clients who got mailed a parking ticket in the mail two months after their vacation because they drove in an unauthorized zone and they got caught by a security camera. And I, I don't know. I just hear too many horror stories about sure. it. When do I pay for parking? When don't I pay? Oh, shoot. Yeah. I only have a credit card. I don't have change. So I'm a big fan of like just... Don't get a, I mean, if you want to get a rental car and you feel competent, go for it. But you know from other podcasts, I'm, I'm not a driver in foreign countries, except for Iceland. So check out that episode because I talk <laughs> about conquering my fears and driving in a foreign country. But here, buses, trains, you're good. Yeah. It's very walkable though. Belfast and Derry. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're really cool cities. And I mean, if you are uh, interested in going to Dublin and you're in Northern Ireland, Dublin is two and a half hours by bus from Derry and about like two hours from Belfast itself. And the price per person is like $18. So you can spend a day in Dublin if you want. Um, and I recommend it. It's a cool little town or a cool city. Uh, lots of things to do there as well. We have an episode coming up dedicated to Ireland itself. So we'll talk about Dublin a little bit more in that episode. Well, and I want to take a minute to give the reverse of what Will just said. For those of you who are going to mainland Ireland, which we are going to talk about in a later episode, you can also take the train from Dublin to Belfast, yep. two hours. And 
I want to say you were talking earlier. Oh, we three nights, three or four days. You could do Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah. You can absolutely do Northern Ireland in in three days if you really want to. I would do Belfast, Derry, and a day to the coast. But I really recommend spending at least five to seven days there because there is so much to do. I recommend checking out Rathlin Island and all these other things that we've talked about. And you're going to suggest April or May or summer yeah. months. Yeah, Probably absolutely. September, October, probably latest in the season. Probably. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what I would say. Daylight's an issue too, so you want to go in the summer because you get more light. Yeah, so absolutely. I would yeah. say summer would be ideal as someone who doesn't enjoy the, the wet, the moist. Yeah. You know, there's one thing that the United Kingdom has a bad rap for, and that's their culinary scene, and Northern Ireland is a part of that, but... <laughs> I'm here to say that it gets a bad rap and it's 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 not worthy of that bad rap. There's good food in Northern Ireland and there's three three big items that um Northern Ireland is really known for. One of them is beef potatoes. stew. Potatoes. <laughs> I was going to say potatoes, potatoes and potatoes. More potatoes? Yeah, potatoes is definitely uh definitely there. There's yeah, beef stew is really yeah. popular. There's this dish called the pasty or the pasty dish and it's basically like uh nice. <laughs> you say ice i just said nice oh yeah it. it is nice it's just like a like a a beef dish wrapped up in like like a pastry it's minced minced meat inside of like a a medium like sized pastry it's like pretty yorkshire interesting pudding kind of like a kind of like a yorkshire pudding yeah so they have like a beef inside like a yorkshire pudding yeah if you're not familiar with british slang yorkshire pudding is a pastry. Okay. Yeah. So when you mentioned Irish food, I was going to say, you know, a checked suitcase is a great place to pack cumin, <laughs> paprika, salt and pepper, <laughs> some ginger and nutmeg. You don't need it. Some turmeric. Ireland was the only place where I didn't feel bad eating Chinese food. <laughs> I was going to say salt. <laughs> Put some salt in there. You know, my mom comes from an Irish family, and I remember the big, you know, they always put butter on their baked potatoes, and then they finally made a step when she got to her teens of adding some salt and pepper, and that was a big deal to wow. their baked potatoes. So. Wow. Spicy. <laughs> if you get tired of Irish food, you can always check out Nando's. Nando's is like, I don't know, the McDonald's of United Kingdom? Oh, no. Don't. They don't. No. Okay. The Chick-fil-A of the United Kingdom. It's good. It's Chipotle? just it's its own thing. Yeah. They they really focus on good. chicken sandwiches. Just chicken. Yeah. No, yeah, I guess and just chicken as a whole. Peri peri sauce. It's good. It's, it's good. good. We okay. definitely ate there once yeah. or twice. It has flavor is the key word. Oh. Oh, we have listeners who love beef stew. Dude, I love their beef like stew. My dad is so good. Listen. <laughs> he cracks open beef stew once a week at least in a frying pan. <laughs> Shout out to Lance. <laughs> <laughs> A 40 years of a travel agent. He's managed to travel the whole world and eat hot dogs and hamburgers. (laughs) Beef stew. Right. Beef stew fans are going to really love this podcast. When my my dad came to visit my brother and I in China, we'll we'll have a China episode later. I remember we took him to KFC and he was still grossed out by it. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) you might be as well. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you're feeling adventurous, you could try out black pudding, which is really, uh, 
which is a really Irish dish. Just don't Google it. it. Don't look at what's actually in it. <laughs> Just yeah, it yeah it's better to I, go blind. But no, it's blood. Uh, Everyone, it's blood. It is. It is eating congealed blood. It's what made from pork blood, pork fat. Um, there might be some beef suet in there, which is basically fat, and then some sort of like oatmeal or like a grain or something. There was um, a nice Irish gentleman that owned a restaurant that was uh, volunteering to uh, feed us some blood sausage for free so that what we could a, get a nice cultural experience. Nice it was really nice. It was really cool, but we politely declined. Yeah. Well, that was like we didn't try the fermented shark in Iceland. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like a similar kind of idea. But I think that's, I mean, I think that's all we have for your tips. We can probably roll into standby items. Perfect. It's safety and other info with standby items. Here we go. This will probably be like the shortest standby items that we've ever had. Because I don't really have that much. Yeah. I think like the only thing that I could really say is that if you're flying into Northern Ireland, just know that there's two airports. Uh, one, One is Belfast International. The other is George Best Airport. So, I mean... Uh, if you're planning a trip to Northern Ireland, you're going to want Belfast International to be your uh, your destination. Sure. And there's nothing wrong I with doing the multi-city trip, flying in and out of Dublin or Shannon, which are also international airports, and flying the opposite in or out of Belfast. Yeah. Belfast code BFS. That's Bravo, Foxtrot, Sierra. Trains. Let's talk about you. We did talk about trains. Trains in Ireland are not beautiful Japanese up high up to date high speed. Yeah, they're not comfortable luxury trains. It is a mode of transportation, so they you don't were have to drive. Made in the sixties and seventies, and really haven't been updated. So maybe some have. Yeah, I will say that the train. I thought they were comfortable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Like you had. I mean, you'd have like a little. To, at least for our longer train trips, mm-hmm. yeah, you'd have a little table and like. Four, seat of four, and then like sitting that. across two of you, sitting across from did, two, and you had a little table. Did you need to book tickets in advance, or did you book them day of? Did you day just of. walk there? We just walked in. No problem. And, yeah, I got some tickets. I think for Ireland, I would go on a limb and say you probably don't need to book tickets in advance, except maybe like Dublin to Belfast. I yeah. don't know how crowded that one gets. I have to assume there's a lot of business travelers on it. Yeah, and it's an international train right. trip. So, And at this point, we don't know what that looks like as far as are they checking your passport when you get on the train or are they stopping the train across the border for to check passports? I've been on trains throughout the EU where literally the train stops on the borderline Passport officials come on board and check everyone's passports. Yeah. We we went to Northern Ireland before Brexit. Yeah. So it was still a part of the EU when okay. we were we were there. So it's probably changed, but when we went, we didn't have to worry about needing to check passports when we crossed the border from the Republic of Ireland to Northern Ireland. Yeah. Let's talk about currency. Uh yeah, that's a good point. Um Northern Ireland uses the same currency that's used in the United Kingdom. So pound sterling. Yeah. You're not gonna need Euro unless you go into the Republic of Ireland. If right. you go to Dublin, that's when you will need Euro. Yeah. But if you're going to Northern Ireland and just going into to Northern Ireland, you're gonna need pound sterling. A lot of places take credit card though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, no problem there. Probably uh, not in taxis though. Yeah, don't know about Uber. Is Uber prevalent? I'm sure it is. I might do a quick search here. I, you know, actually, when we went, Uber was not really a a big 
big thing at the time. We did yeah. taxis. They would have. Yeah. Pay phones would have. Have cash. There's, there's ATMs. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, just a button that you press, and it just connects you to the taxi service. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty responsive. Yeah, absolutely. What was I going to say? I wanted to ask about electricity. Okay, it's, yeah, you need a plug. You need a... Yeah, but is it... This is where it gets tough. It's the United Kingdom converter. It is, isn't it? Yeah. But then when you get to mainland Europe, what is it? It's the European... Uh, is it? I think so. Or is it still the same one? I know mainland, or I keep saying mainland uh, Ireland. I'm sorry. What I mean to say is the Republic of Ireland, the place that has Dublin and all that mm. kind of stuff. That's a good um, point. They use the euro down there in Dublin. Right. Uh, yet they drive on the left-hand side of the road, which is the UK, not yeah. the EU. So it's like, when you go to Ireland, no matter whether you're in the Republic or Northern, you're going to drive on the left-hand side of the road. Yeah. Right. There's two different currencies, sure. but there's the same current when it comes to electricity. Yeah. I'm almost positive. Did you need a UK converter when you were in India? Yes. Yeah. So it's probably the same with Ireland because Ireland was at one point a English territory. So for electricity-wise... Northern Ireland, as well as the Republic of Ireland, both use the 230-volt UK plug. So just as a quick recap here, no matter which part of Ireland you're going to, whether it's the Republic or Northern, you're going to be driving on the left-hand side of the road. And no matter which country you visit, Northern or Republic, you're going to be using the UK travel adapter though we recommend the international travel adapter, which covers like 150 countries. We'll have a link to that in our travel guide. Yeah, we can link that. And then lastly, when it comes to currency, the two countries use a different currency. Northern uses the British pound sterling. Republic of Ireland uses the euro. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. But how about you, Kristen? No, I've provided you with all the wisdom I have. Thanks for being on our show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm really counting on. Did you have um, fun on your first travel agent podcast? This was this was great. I'm really counting on the whole being married to the editor. Yeah, to really benefit <laughs> me. So you edit out that you know what I'm talking about that part. You won't. <laughs> oh, listeners don't won't know what you're talking about because you've already edited it out. But you did great, and uh, first of many for sure. Great. So that means I'm allowed to go on these trips. So that way I can podcast. I love <laughs> we'll, it. We'll, we'll bring you along. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, one thing that makes this podcast unique from other travel podcasts is that we're actually travel agents and we work for a travel agency. My great grandfather started a travel agency over 100 years ago. And we have the pleasure of working there now as travel agents. The yep. travel agency is called Kima Travel. You can find us online at www.kima.travel. Kima spelled C-H-I-M-A. And the best part is that when you support Kima Travel by letting us book your trips, you're also supporting this podcast. So you get our great service as travel agents and you're supporting your favorite travel podcast. Absolutely. And if you're not interested in booking a trip right now, but you want to support the show, you can find us at buymeacoffee.com. And you can find our particular page in the description below 
We are at buymeacoffee.com slash the travel agents. We're the travel agents. That's the end of our show. Make sure to comment and subscribe before you go. We're the travel agents. Thanks for listening. I'll book your trip to